Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Tuesday, August the 29th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with Mark Smith, we're going to be taking a look at the hymn, Hail Thou Once Despised Jesus. And here's what it sounds like. Despise of Jesus. That was, we think, written by Martin Madden, M A D A N. He was an Anglican Methodist. The hymn first appeared in a 72 page track entitled A Collection of Hymns Addressed to the Holy, Holy, Holy Triune God in London in 1757. The hymn appeared with all four stanzas in Martin Madden's collection of psalms and hymns in 1760. And it is thought that Madden himself authored the present second stanza and the latter halves of stanza three and four. It is really based on an illusion to the parable of the fig tree in Luke 13, verse 8. The place of origin is in England, and as we said, Martin Madden was an 
Anglican Methodist, but the words are quite helpful. So, Pastor Mark Smith, do you sing this hymn very often? Oh, yes. In fact, uh, I usually sing it more in uh, Lent. You know, uh, that's usually the, the season that I, uh, that I choose it. And uh, the, uh, the melody that I'm used to is different. This is the first time I've ever heard it with this, with this tune. And I, I kind of like it. Yes. Yeah, Hell Thou Once Despise of Jesus. There's a number of tunes for the various hymns. And what I do is I find one and I play it, and it's kind of a nice tune. So without further ado, would you please read the first stanza? Okay. Hail, thou once despised Jesus. Hail, thou Galilean king. Thou didst suffer to release us. Thou didst free salvation bring. Hail, thou universal Savior, bearer of our sin and shame, by thy merit, we find favor. Life is given through thy name. Now, he's referred to as despised. Why is that? Well, that's, that's one reason why I choose it during, during Lent, because uh, he is indeed a king. He's, he's a Galilean king. He's not, not only that, he's, he's the king over all. But nevertheless, he was sent to the cross, despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. One of the, in fact, one of the, uh, the Bible passages given at the bottom of the page of the, of the hymnal is Isaiah 53. And that's, that's where we get that, despised and rejected of men. Yes, he was despised and rejected. And as you pointed out, the verse also says, because he was the bearer of our sin and shame. Right, right. How did that come about? Uh, on him was placed all the sin of all time, the sin of all, all hu humankind, and all of our sins were placed upon him. Uh, yes. That's, of course, that's why his own heavenly father had to basically turn his back on his son because he bore the sins uh, of of the whole world, the sins of all, even uh, you know even those that uh, that will finally reject him. Their sins too were atoned by him. As a law and gospel point of view is very important. This hymn has it because it talks about that we find favor by merit. But the merit is not our merit, is it? No, it's his, it's his merit. By thy merit, we find favor. Yes. yes. Important point. Life is given through thy name. Now, the world may not understand that because the world believes they're already having life. What's the life that's talked about in this verse, though? That's eternal life eternal life that we have in Christ. It, it, it will last forever. And it, of course, really, our, our life in Christ begins with our baptism. And, it, and uh, if we're faithful unto death, it will, that life will last through all eternity. Right. 
So it says that he did suffer to release us. What were we released from? The clutches of sin, Satan, and death. Well said. Uh, Because the clutch of sin, people think, I'm not worthy of going to heaven, and therefore they don't believe in God because they realize how sinful they are. But we are released from the clutches of sin. By what gift does he give us? By his grace. Uh, He has released us from, uh, uh, he's pronounced us not guilty. We know we're sinners. We daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. But as far as he's concerned, when he looks at it, when God looks at us through the righteousness of Christ, he he sees perfect saints. And the gift I'm talking about is the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness, right. Where we are no longer held accountable. All right, I'll read stanza two. Paschal lamb, by God appointed, all our sins on thee were laid. By almighty love anointed, thou hast full atonement made. All thy people are forgiven through the virtue of thy blood. Opened is the gate of heaven, reconciled are we with God. So, what does Paschal Lamb refer to? That's, he's the Passover Lamb. He's the, he's the Lamb that is prefigured and, and uh, uh, foretold by the, the Passover Lamb that was offered uh, to free all the people of uh, Israel from the Egyptian bondage. And that was to point ahead. And, and of course, uh, that began the, 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 uh, the Passover festival that all the Jews always honored and remembered. And that all those Passover lambs that were sacrificed, uh, they all pointed ahead to the Paschal lamb, the Pas- Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. They were all to point ahead to him. And what did they do to sacrifice those paschal lambs? Well, uh, they had to be a lamb without blemish to to uh, symbolize Christ had no sin of his own. And uh, they were, uh, let's see, oh, uh, the blood of the lamb was taken and uh, the the original Passover lamb on the first Passover, his blood was taken and spread upon the doorpost and little of the uh of the uh the Israelite home when they were in bondage in Egypt and when the the angel of death saw that blood spread upon the doorposts he passed over and that household was spared whereas the egyptians lost their firstborn and even even the egyptian uh herds and flocks lost the firstborn out of each herd so the blood that was on the wood of the door. Right. The angel of death passed over. Right. How does that refer to the cross? That refers to, I think it also points to our baptism. Uh, our baptism has pronounced us uh, clean. And uh, 
the blood was shed, Christ's holy, precious blood, blood of infinite value, was shed upon that cross, and that atoned for the sins of the whole world, for, for all people. In fact, in the, in the previous verse, we should have really stressed this. Uh, Hail thou universal Savior. Uh, Jesus is the Savior for all. He's atoned, he's atoned for all sins, even the sins of the unbelievers. Uh, the, the salvation is offered them, too, if they will only believe it and accept it. Yes. In fact, it says in stanza 2, Thou hast full atonement made. What does that mean? Uh, we, are, we are made one with the Heavenly Father. The, the wall of sin is completely broken down between us and God. Now we go directly to God through Jesus Christ. And I would also say this, Tom. It says, you know, in the verse, it probably could be worded a little bit better. It said, all thy people are forgiven through the, through the virtue of thy blood. That kind of, that kind of might confuse people a little, little, little bit to think that, oh, it's only, uh, he, he died only for those who, uh, who believe in him. Only his people. No, he died for all. He he atoned for every every single person uh, who ever lived. But who receives the gift of the forgiveness of sins? Only those who do believe. Yes. And I think that's what that means there by all thy I people. Th I I think so too. But I I do think um, it it lends itself a little bit to misunderstanding because you know there are. There are parts of Christendom, there are, there are Christians who believe that he only died for uh, those who believe. And no, no, that's not true. He died for all. Yes, it's very important when you're talking about the gospel that you want to make sure that everyone should realize that their sins were forgiven. They that's right. may not accept the gift of the forgiveness of sins through unbelief, but it's not that God didn't forgive their sins. The offering of salvation is, is made to all people if they will only uh, believe it. And, and what's more, he even gives us, through his Holy Spirit, he even gives us the power to believe. So it's, it's yes. all done by him. That's where we talk about baptism. What right. are the gifts given in baptism? Forgiveness of sin, life, and salvation. And the gift of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, you're right. Yeah, don't mean to exclude that. Gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, that little infant, even if, it, if it's an infant that's being baptized, that little infant has saving faith. Uh, yes. The Holy Spirit has actually come to live, come to dwell in that infant. That, that infant becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit right with his baptism. Why do we refer sometimes to baptism as an exorcism? Well, because it, it plucks, uh, the, uh, the baptism actually plucks that little infant out of the clutches of Satan. There are basically two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of Christ, and there's also the kingdom of Satan. And that little infant is plucked out of the clutches of Satan and safely brought into the kingdom of Christ. And baptism does that. That's why uh, we're told in the Scripture, baptism doth now save you.
And what is the kingdom of Christ called on the earth? Well, the, the church, the Holy Christian exactly. Church. Yeah. And that word is ecclesia. Which ecclesia, right. Called out of the world, uh, out of the kingdom of Satan, into the kingdom of God. Right. All right. Stanza three, please. Jesus, hail, enthroned in glory, there forever to abide. All the heavenly hosts adore thee, seated at thy Father's side. There for sinners thou art pleading, there thou dost our place prepare, ever for us interceding, till in glory we appear. Now, we've talked about the cross. We've talked about the resurrection. What does this stanza speak of? Well, it speaks of uh, Christ's session at the right hand of God. And you notice that at the bottom of the page of the hymnal, one of the references given is Revelation 5, which uh, gives us a picture of uh, it actually shows uh, Christ ascended to heaven. And... Uh, and he is seated at the right hand of God. He, he is our advocate with the Father. He's continually interceding, pleading uh, our cause before the Father. Yes. In fact, in one of the readings for Sunday, Jeremiah 15, it says, I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. That's part of the promise in being a member of the church. Right. One of many promises. Yes. And, of course, we have that tremendous statement in Matthew 16 by Peter when Jesus says he's going to Jerusalem in order to be crucified and will rise again. What does Peter say? No, no. He says, no, no. This, should, this must never happen to you, Jesus. <laughs> yes. Poor Peter. <laughs> well, imagine hearing what Jesus then says to Peter. Yes. He says, get thee behind me, Satan, for yes. you have not in, in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Oh, man, imagine, imagine that must have hit Peter like a thunderbolt, those words. Exactly. And, and this was said before... Peter denied Jesus three times. Yes. Yes. Boy. And so afterwards, Peter was brought back into the apostleship. But then he was kind of envious of John. Yeah. Jesus gave the impression that he would not be martyred like the rest of them. And so sin continued again and again. Yeah, and remember how Paul had to uh, admonish Peter once yep. when Peter kind of backed off of the Gentile Christians when his uh, when his Jewish cronies came up to visit him. And uh, remember how Paul he, yep. he kind of put Peter in his place. You know, Peter Peter had to be reminded of this. Peter did not want to eat because the Jews did not want to eat with the Gentiles. Right, right. And so, wow, Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. That's right. That was tremendous. 
Okay. Stanza four, please. Okay. Worship, honor, power, and blessing. Thou art worthy to receive. Highest praises without ceasing. Right it is for us to give. Help ye bright angelic spirits, all your noblest anthems raise. Help to sing our Savior's merits. Help to chant Emmanuel's praise. So this hymn is selected for this coming Sunday, which is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. But it is still a hymn that can be used at other times in other seasons, as you have said, because it's very close to the liturgy where it talks about that we give him worship, honor, blessing, and all of this he is worthy to receive. Why is he worthy to receive these highest praises? Well, he is, you know, if you look again at Revelation 5, it talks about him as the lamb. And, and he is the only one that could break open the book and fulfill the redemptive, uh, the redemptive plan that, that uh, was, de was uh, uh, devised way back in eternity. He's the, only one that, he's the only one that could die for the sins of the whole world. He's the only one that could atone us. Nobody else could do it. Only Christ, because he's both God as well as man. Because he's, because he's true man, he could die. And because he was God, his blood was of infinite value. And only his blood could atone for the sins of the whole world. You're making the point that Jesus in the Holy Trinity was the one who died, not right. the Father or the Holy Spirit. Right. And yet they had, you know, they they did, of course, play an important role in the whole redemptive plan, no doubt about it. Well, the Bible makes clear different verses that all three of them raised Jesus from the dead. Right. Yes, that's right. It speaks in both terms. It, it speaks in terms of God raising him from the dead, and, uh, and it speaks of Christ himself uh, being raised. Yes, and the Holy Spirit and specifically God the Father raised right. him from the dead. It kind of reminds us of the creation of the world, though there was nothing created that was not created by Jesus. Both the Father and the Holy Spirit contributed to that creation, as yes, it said that's right. in Genesis. Yeah. A lot of times we think of the Father as being the creator, the Son, the Redeemer, and the Holy, Sp Holy Spirit, the, the Sanctifier. But, but you're right. Uh, all three persons were involved in creation and, fact, and uh, redemption. The first item created was light. That is mentioned in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And who is the one who says, let there be light? That is... Let's see. Is that is that God the Father or God the Son? I think that's God the Father, right? No, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, the, the eternal Word. Yes. yes. And we learn that from what chapter in John? 
Oh, yeah, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the opening chapter of the Gospel of John. Right. And nothing was created except by the Word. And we know that the Word is Jesus because of verse 14, where it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have beheld his glory. He's talking there. John's talking about his transfiguration on the mountain. Yeah, that's right. Jesus is the eternal word. Without him was not anything made that was made. Yes. And so it's really ironic that he was put on a wooden cross that he himself made, nailed with iron nails that he himself made, tasted the water that he himself made, and that's why his blood on the cross was very similar to the blood on the doors of the Israelites when they were saved from Egyptian uh, imprisonment. Yes, Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. Yes, and that's why he was despised. He was despised because Isaiah says the people thought that he was paying for his own sin when he was being crucified, but he wasn't. Yeah, in fact, there's that passage, Cursed is everyone who's hanging, who hangs upon a tree. And, and, you know, that is right, because Jesus was actually cursed by, by God himself. He, he underwent the full curse of hell. He suffered the very pangs of hell for all of us while he hung on that cross. And his own heavenly father tur- had to turn his back for his own son. My God, my God. Why, Why have you left me alone? Yes, right. That's the curse. And that means that because Jesus was cursed, all Christians who are believers in Jesus Christ will never be cursed and have an eternal bliss in heaven. Right. Well, thanks so very much, Pastor, in helping us with hail. Thou once despised Jesus, and we'll talk more about the distinctions between law and gospel tomorrow as we return to a study of the book of Proverbs. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and you just heard from Pastor Mark Smith. God bless you. If you want to talk to us, Baker at brick.net. Till tomorrow. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. 
We are the messenger of good news worldwide KFUO.